It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. And I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Today on the show, we are going to recap a little bit of rookie camp, the very limited action that we have to draw from, and and that is part of the point. And then we're going to push this forward a little bit because organized team activities um, are starting up here in about a week, and then the mandatory mini camps um, where we will finally see the rubber meet the road with this Aaron Rodgers stuff starts in a month. And I want to talk about Jordan Love, not Aaron Rodgers, but Jordan Love, someone we are going to be talking a lot about over the next few weeks because this Rodgers stuff is probably not going to get resolved anytime soon, although there is for the moment at time of this recording, we have to add all the caveats, uh, nothing tangible to report rookie camp. All right. So rookie camp is like orientation. Remember orientation. If you went to college, if you're old enough to have gone to college or if you're too old to remember uh, what orientation was like, it's just a way to get everyone acclimated and you you have your tryout guys in there and, you know, someone like Kurt Bankert with that wonderful lettuce. I mean, the flowing locks ends up making the team. They had an extra guy or an extra spot and you know, you, you carry four quarterbacks. The Packers carried four quarterbacks at this time last year. Nothing to read into that beyond they had an extra spot and they needed a quarterback. It helps run practice smoother. Again, let's not let's not overanalyze. What you want to see is that guys look like NFL players. That's what you want to see. If you go out there and someone just is like, they have no clue what's going on, that's a problem. That's a problem. We we can't make sweeping generalizations based on a couple unpadded practices on air. We just, we can't do it. Well, we could do it, but we're not going to. And that's not going to make for, you know, hot take radio. It's not going to make for compelling uh, takes by me. But it is important that we understand what this was. Now, that's not to say that we know nothing or that we learn nothing, because I do think some things stood out 
about where guys were playing. We, we you know, we don't get to there. There are very few opportunities to see these guys um, actually do anything meaningful in rookie camp, especially offensive and defensive linemen. If there's not pads on, I don't care about what offensive and defensive linemen are doing. But in this case, you want to see some athleticism. Andy Herman, who was there for Packer Report, said TJ Slayton stood out to him. Was someone that consistently, by the way, he's huge, stands out the athletic traits. Okay, that's something to keep an eye on, but let's let's not go nuts for now. I think more importantly, though, is Josh Myers was working mostly at center. And Royce Newman, who we thought is the swing tackle, was working at guard. Now, Green Bay likes to cross-train. So, it, it could be the case that Royce Newman is going to play guard in 2021 and could eventually be a tackle. Billy Turner did a little bit of both, and that ended up paying huge dividends for the Packers. Now, we didn't see Alton Jenkins do it. That was something that they kept under wraps until they debuted him at offensive tackle against Minnesota in week one last year. And I think he is the future right tackle. I think that's what we're leading to here. Two straight drafts, betting hard on interior offensive linemen. You pay David Bakhtiari a boatload of money. Billy Turner is your guy this year and next year. And now you have funneled assets toward the interior. I think Myers is your day one starter. I think he wins that job. I think they give him the opportunity to compete. And because, because Elton Jenkins is probably going to be playing tackle to open the season, you're not keeping someone like Lucas Patrick, a veteran, off. He's going to earn one of those spots in all likelihood. And John Runyon Jr. is going to earn one of those spots in all likelihood. The interior three is almost certainly going to be some combination of Myers, Patrick, and JRJ. Now, would I be surprised if Lucas Patrick was the preferred starting center? No, I wouldn't. But he played well enough at guard last year. And Myers was a second-round pick. They want this guy to play if he can. You don't take a center in the second round and not expect him to at least compete to play. Now, again, the good news is the Packers are going to have spots for these guys to compete. The bad news is the Packers are going to have spots for these guys to compete because David Bakhtiari is just probably not going to be ready for the start of the season. Now, he could be. It sounds like they want to take it slow with him. They're not going to rush him back. And that's the smart way to handle your franchise left tackle, someone that you just made the highest paid offensive lineman in the league. You're not gonna you're not gonna be reckless with that player, but you still have to build the best group that you can put on the field. It is interesting to me that that they don't really have a swing tackle then, and maybe it just when all their guys are healthy, when Bakhtiari and Turner are healthy, that Ellen Jenkins is the swing tackle. What if he gets hurt? I mean, what if he gets hurt? Then what? Is it? Or do, you, do you have to kick Royce Newman out? Is it Yosh time? Yosh Neisman? I mean, how, how are they going to handle that? Because we saw last year, at times, they had to play with multiple backup tackles. 
offensive line injuries are extremely common and and you know they're they're not the explosive kind of injuries usually it's not the soft tissue kinds of injuries just because of the position it's not the it's not the same kind of athleticism so you know it's it's a oh you know twisted ankle hurt hand it's stuff like that and you're out a game a game or two doesn't that's not to say that they you know they don't have hamstring issues groin issues you know thigh calf all these things but you're probably going to have injuries. And so that puts the Packers in a somewhat precarious situation at tackle, especially early in the season. Now, presumably that's why you you have all these guys to play in the interior so that you can play Ellen Jenkins at tackle. But what if, what if David Bakhtiari is not ready to go for the first month of the season and something happens to Billy Turner? doesn't have to be Jenkins. You have to start two tackles. Then what? Do you kick Royce Newman out after he's been practicing at guard? Now, my guess is we're going to see Newman play guard and tackle in mini camps, OTAs, all that stuff. That would be my guess. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they put John Runyon Jr. out there and said, let's just see what you got. We're going to do a little cross training. We know you can play guard. Let's see what you got to tackle. I continue to believe Elton Jenkins is the long-term right tackle on this team. If Myers wins the starting center job, and, I, and I, I think he can be a really good player in this offensive line. Then you have three tent poles in your offensive line. What do you have after that? Can John Runyon Jr. be that? My guess is Lucas Patrick is not part of the long-term solution. He got his contract. If you're not going to give Corey Lindsley a second contract, you're not going to give Lucas Patrick a second contract. So this is it. So that means someone like Simon Stepanek, that means Royce Newman. That means Cole Van Lannen. They're going to have opportunities to take that guard spot. Or one of them, one of the spots, center, guard, we assume it's guard. And I think that's a safe assumption. They could retool this offensive line, which was really good last year. It was really, really good. And I think it can be really good again this season. I, it's just worth saying that this this offensive tackle spot, especially early in the season with David Bakhtiari potentially out, they may need to look at post-June 1 cuts. They may, may need to look at some August cuts, some final 53 cuts, because they're in a and, – and they'll know more about where David Bakhtiari is in their, uh, in his rehab as well. I mean, they'll know by August if Bakhtiari looks like he's going to be ready to play week one or has a chance to play week one. And maybe they think they can just sort of, you know, ham and egg it until then. That's a that's a dangerous thing, especially regardless of who's playing quarterback. Honestly, if Rodgers is back there, if Love is back there, you want to be able to protect him. You want to be able to protect him. And you're you're playing with fire a little bit here. Listen up, Packer fans. Nugenics is the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, and they're offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT to 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps create free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, right now, They'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Message and data rates may apply. Text DRAFT to 231-231. That's DRAFT to 
1-800-227-5231. Today's episode is brought to you by Wealthfront. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. And if you don't get what those words mean, hey, guess what? Wealthfront can help you understand it. And it probably shows you could use a service like Wealthfront because this is not manual trading. You don't have to pick stocks. You don't have to watch the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you can control. You still have that level of control, but you don't have to do the legwork. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion in assets, and you can get your first 5000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNFL. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NFL. That's wealth, W E A L T H, front, F R O N T.com slash locked on NFL to start growing your savings. Wealthfront.com slash locked on NFL to get started today. I wrote something for Packer Report last week. And in that piece, I talked about Jordan Love's development. And I pointed out that we don't know what Jordan Love looks like on the football field. And guess what? Neither do the Packers. Because Jordan Love didn't play football for the Packers last year, not in preseason, not in a joint scrimmage, not in the regular season. And I don't I don't put any stock in the Tim Boyle was was QB2 stuff. This modified offseason last year set all the rookies back. We knew he needed time. We knew he needed time. Now, there has been this revisionist history about the quality of the prospects that he was. I've been spending a lot of time going back and reading and watching about Jordan Love's draft status, his stock, um, the analysis around him, just so that I can study a little bit more, learn a little bit more about him. I thought we would have, you know, two, three years to figure this out. But right now, we're staring at the possibility of Jordan Love starting games for the Green Bay Packers this season, being the the starter for the Packers this season. And so I felt like I needed to go back and, and do a little bit more work on it. The consensus was he needs a year to sit. And even if he all he needed was a year, right? All he needed was a year. He didn't get it. He didn't get it. He did not get a year the way that he would normally get a year. When we're sitting there at the combine in February watching him throw lasers, you're going, okay, yeah, he's he's raw. There's some stuff you want to clean up, decision-making, but the ceiling is high. Todd McShay said he had the highest ceiling of any quarterback in the draft, a draft that included Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa, and Justin Herbert. That Love was the most talented guy, the highest upside guy. He didn't get a year because you don't get minicamp. To get acclimated. I mean, TJ Slayton was talking about how he didn't even know what temperature it would be in Green Bay in May. He expected it to be cold. And it's not like it was, you know, 85, like it was in Gainesville, probably. It was a nice temperature. He said he felt like he could breathe because it's not as humid up here. True. He didn't have in-person organized team activities. He didn't have mandatory mini camps. He didn't have all the things that you normally get in an offseason. Now, he he had 
personal coaching. He had, you know, a, an offense that they were honing and working through and that Matt LaFleur was working on with his quarterback at the time, Aaron Rodgers, hopefully, and I think presumably still the quarterback. But he didn't get that time to, to sit in meetings with Aaron to see him prepare. And by all accounts, I mean, Aaron Jones talked about this last week on Rich Eisen show. Apparently Rodgers was, according to Aaron Jones, awesome with Jordan Love. Helping him on the field. Hey, with the read here, this is what you want to be looking at. Or hey, with the footwork on this thing, this is what we're trying to do. That he was, that they have a very close relationship. That they that it, this is not far of Rodgers. And that whatever acrimony Rodgers has with the team it does not trickle down to Jordan Love. That's great, but that's not the same as getting actual on-field reps. Jordan Love got very few of those. And with the way the new CBA works, the practice reps are way down. The live reps are way down. No joint practices. Rodgers didn't like the joint practices anyway. Maybe this year, you know, maybe maybe last year, they would have had a joint practice and maybe Rodgers would have just been like, no, nah, I'm good. You can You can do it. I mean, that doesn't seem unreasonable. Rodgers just said, I'm not playing preseason games, basically. So it wouldn't be unreasonable. He's just like, mm, I'm good on that. I'm good on that. And maybe that's going to be his take moving forward. If he, you know, signs some extension, some three-year deal. It's just like, look, uh, give give someone else those snaps. I don't want to do that. Even if you can't hit the quarterback in those, in those uh, joint practices anyway. But we didn't get those. We didn't get the live bullets. Demonte Adams talked about this with Colin Cowherd. You just you didn't get the opportunity to see him in those moments. And and you don't know until then. You really don't. And even sometimes then you don't know. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, there was some talent that you could see in training camp by all accounts. But the preseason games, not very good. There's some moments, there's some glimpses. If you just watch the highlights, you go, yeah, that looks like Aaron Rodgers. And then you look at the box score and he, you know, he's eight for 21. And they didn't score ever. <laughs> and you forget that when he got opportunities early in his career in the regular season, he was bad, bad. I mean, I remember watching going, I can't believe they blew this pick so badly. And here we are, you know, however many years, 16 years later. Remarkable, remarkable. You don't know until you get that opportunity. We didn't know with Aaron Rodgers until 2007 against the Dallas Cowboys in a game he got to go in. He had two years sweat equity in the system plus the extra offseason. He had the 05 offseason as a rookie, the 06 offseason, and then the 7, seven offseason into that regular season to prepare for that game. And the Cowboys game was the game where we said, okay, this guy can play. That's how long it took. He, he was not ready before then. He wasn't. We don't, we, don't, we don't need revisionist history to lionize the greatness of Aaron Rodgers. We just don't. The, the, the on-field stuff speaks for itself. He deserves so much credit for the, imp the, the improvements that he made to his game. For the mechanical changes that he made, for the drills that he did, the work that he put in to improve. I think it's important that we recognize that. And I've always said that. And, and I think the idea that he's the most talented quarterback ever, which is meant as a compliment, although usually meant as a as a backhanded compliment from people who want to undercut his accomplishments. 
I, I think you're doing him a disservice when you call him the most talented ever because he's not. He's not. He's not as talented as Cam Newton. He's more skilled, and he honed those skills with a lot of work, a lot of time, and a lot of effort, a lot of preparation. Jordan Love, by all accounts, is putting in the work. We had Ty Dunn on the show last week talking about that work. He didn't get preseason games. Yes, it's a vanilla defense, but it is it is different than practice. It is different when there's bodies around you. And the thing about Jordan Love that, that makes teams and that made the Packers really salivate over the prospect of what he could become wasn't just that he could push the buttons in your offense. It was that when the play broke down, when everything around him wasn't perfect, he could still make something happen. He could still go out and make a play. And in his 2019 season, compared to his 2018 season, when the context was not great, he tried to make a few too many plays, forced balls. Now, the interception total is a little misleading. A number of them were tips, were drops that turned into interceptions, those kinds of things. A couple of them were Hail Marys. So uh, there's some bad luck in there as well. Not the point. Without preseason, you don't really get to see that. Because when you're in training camp, and number one, you're running the scout team offense. You're, you're not really supposed to do that, although Rodgers was famous, you could say infamous, among his coaches for doing that. There's a great story about, about uh, one of his, his coaches complaining about the no-look passes when he's running scout team. You don't get to see those moments because he didn't get a chance to do it. And, and Matt Flynn, you know, in, in a different way, Matt Flynn was a gamer. You in practice, he's just a guy. But you, he would go out there and make plays in the game. When the lights went on, that was when he was at his best. Was he was he a great quarterback? No, of course, of course not. But he was a gamer. Jordan Love is a playmaker. He was asked last year, after the draft, how he would describe himself, and that was what he said: "I'm a playmaker. I'm a playmaker." Well, if you don't get opportunities to play, you can't show those playmaking abilities. Now, what you want to be able to do is hone the skills, hone the craft of the position so that you can do everything from the pocket first because you want to be able to win from the pocket. If you can win from the pocket and you have this other ability, that's what makes you lethal. Aaron Rodgers... You know, Ben Fennell harps on this all the time. Aaron Rodgers' highlights are from the pocket. Well, of course, he's got great highlights from outside the pocket. But you don't want a quarterback who's just going to bail the pocket for no reason. This is a Baker Mayfield trait. He will bail a clean pocket for no reason and not play within the confines. Now, we're going to talk this week, in fact, with America's guest, Jason Hershorn, about how this offense could and would need to change if, if it was Jordan Love's offense versus Aaron Rodgers. There are a lot of things built in, and I'm writing about it for Acme Packing Company. A lot of things built in to help him potentially succeed. For starters, Rodgers is not going to be around. And you're getting essentially one-on-one -on -one coaching right now with Matt LaFleur, with Luke Getze, 
with these guys so you can you can be honed in on all the details all the details you bring in Blake Bortles a veteran who knows the system he can help Jordan Love when they're in there in person you have a veteran if you're not going to have Aaron Rodgers and it seems like they're not at least in in camp in these mini camps these you know mandatory mini camps it's nice to have someone like Blake Bortles be a sounding board, be a, a second coach because he knows the system. He's been around. He knows the deal. Is he a great player? Of course not. If Jordan Love can't beat him out, you know, maybe you have some questions about Jordan Love. But Jordan Love is going to be treated as the guy. He's going to be given the starters reps. He's going to run with the ones. And this is this is a great opportunity for him to grow. These are the reps. He's basically going to make up for all the reps he did not get last year in one offseason. He's going to put two offseasons worth of reps in because he's going to be QB1 for these. And if you're the Packers, not only do you want him to succeed because you you put a lot into him and because you risked pissing off your Hall of Fame quarterback to draft him, but guess what happens if... All of the stories that are coming out of mini camps and OTAs are, hey, you know, number 10 looks awesome. Guy's chucking the ball around the yard. He is throwing lasers to Devontae Adams, deep shots to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He seems to have a nice rapport with Amari Rodgers. That creates leverage for the team to say, hey, 12. Jordan Love can play a little bit. Why don't you come on back? Why don't you come on back? And, and that's part of the risk. That's part of the risk here for Rodgers. It's part of the gamble that he's taking. Now, maybe he thinks Love will look bad. And if Love does look bad, guess what? It does help Rodgers' case. And so even if all of the incentives already lined up for Green Bay to make sure and prop up Love and, and make sure that he had every opportunity to succeed, they are really going to have to work hard to make sure that he does look good or at least doesn't look bad because it will be written. It will be talked about. We will know it. Either way, these are the reps Jordan Love needs. And, and they're, they're the reps that the Packers need to evaluate him. They're the reps the Packers need to help him grow, to decide, okay, these, these are the things he still needs to work on. These are the strengths and weaknesses. You, you can scout a college player, but once he gets to the NFL, it's a whole new ballgame. And you may have to tailor things in a different way than maybe you thought because, oh, this thing that we didn't we weren't sure he could do, it turns out he can. And this thing that we thought he could do, eh, it turns out the offense, X, Y, Z, and maybe he can't do it as well as we thought. And so you have to make some changes. You can't know any of that if the guy is not playing. And so here is the opportunity. Here is his chance, not just to prove that the Packers were right to pick him, but to show some growth to show what he's got because the Packers need to know that and they need to know that to help him grow and and they need to know that so they can make decisions about the offense about team structure and about the future of the position moving forward speaking of futures today's episode is brought to you by bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online get all the latest news odds and info for all your sporting needs baseball the nba nhl ufc mma of course horse racing we had the preakness over the weekend no triple crown this year don't sit on the sidelines anymore this is your chance to get into the game 
as teams prep for their run in the playoffs. The NBA playoffs are here. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season long wins without the season long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Your host, Peter Bukowski, that's me, updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, two interviews at least coming this week. Brandon Thorne, uh, offensive line guru, coming this week. Jason Hershorn, America's guest, will be on the show this week as well. A lot to talk about, a lot to get to. This is going to be a, a fun couple weeks. We don't have to talk about Aaron Rodgers when there's not stuff to talk about because him not being there has these these ripple effects, these these trickle down effects. Who said trickle down isn't a thing? This is absolutely trickle down. So <laughs> um, we're going to have plenty to talk about these rookies. Uh, we're going to get a chance to, to see them on the field with the veterans coming up here pretty soon. And, and so we can set some expectations. We can, we can still have a lot of fun talking about Packers over the next few weeks. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.